Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. My name is Steven, and today I am joined by Zach Wendall. How are you doing, Zach? Oh my goodness, bro. I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is an honor. Awesome. Well, hey, I want to give a little background to who you are and then you can fill in the gaps, but uh, I'm going to read this off because I think it's pretty amazing what God has been doing Mm -hmm. in your life and through your life. So Zach is a faith-based entrepreneur, author, and speaker with a mission to help others understand the Bible better and grow closer to God. He is perhaps best known for publishing the Bible study a one-year study of the Bible and how it relates to you, which has sold over 250,000 copies since its launch in 2016. He's also launched the brand Sunday, which is the 63rd fastest growing company in America, which is mind blowing. <laughs> and number three fastest growing company in Minnesota, uh, which provides resources that help people grow in their relationship with God. And on November 15th, he's releasing a new book called See the Good, Welcome to the podcast, Zach. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. I need to take you along with me everywhere. That sounded so much better than anything that I could say. Hey, Man. You know, I could just come in a suitcase and just before exactly. anything, hey, I'll just read yes. this off. So no, <laughs> travel that's, partner. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. I, yeah. in reading that, I heard this on another podcast, but what is your, yeah. what kind of pops in your brain when you hear all of that? It's insane. Like what in the world? I wrote a book in my parents' basement and I ran a Kickstarter campaign that ended up being a successful one. And over the last four years, we grew a company 6,000%. Like it doesn't even make sense to me that like Inc would rate us one of the fastest growing businesses in America. And so I just sit back every time I hear stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, only God. Like I am not that talented It is only God's hands on things that have made it what it is. So blown away, super humbled by it and just incredibly grateful. That's amazing. Hey, you should fill in the gaps. Tell us a little bit more that I missed from, from this incredible bio. Man, that's that's a big part of it. So I grew up as an entrepreneur. Uh, it was really ingrained in me. I think I started my first business when I was like nine years old, selling uh, shark tooth necklaces on the beach in Florida. Um, just walking up and down with my arm full of necklaces that I had made and just like selling them for 10 bucks a pop and making like hundreds of dollars as a kid so that I could buy a new skim board every year. So I could pretend like I was surfing in Naples. Um, so that was my childhood growing up with, uh, that entrepreneurial aspect. And then just as I got older, I was doing different, uh, books, different clothing lines. I ran a recording studio for a little while. Uh, but none of the businesses that I was chasing after were um like strictly sp- like 
based around my faith. Everything had like little nuances to it that um, like you could, you could see my, my morals in them, but like in the branding, but nothing was ever like strictly uh, faith-based. And once I, once I understood that and I, I, I like partnered with God on, uh, his plan for my life and actually like focused on that versus just trying to do my own thing. That's kind of when everything changed. And that's when the Bible study began to grow and become what it is today. I think we actually have almost sold like 400,000 copies now. And we just released, uh, the Bible study for kids this week. And it's already on a bestseller list, like as of in like two days of being released, (laughs) which is insane, bro. Like what? That's amazing. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Praise God. Well, that's so awesome. And I, I was telling you beforehand, but we've got a couple of mutual friends, got to give some shout outs. Josiah Kennelly. Come on. Josiah just spoke at an event with our young adults. He is the man. I appreciate him so much. And then Kurt Graham uh, and the whole Graham family. But uh, that's how I actually first heard about you. I was listening. Yeah, I was listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. Yep, Uh, yep. Shout out to the the good old days, probably like 2019 or whatever. Yes. Uh, You were a guest on it. And I was just blown away by your story, uh, blown away, away by what God was doing in your life. Um, and I guess when I started this podcast and made my list, I threw you on there right away. So this is an honor to have you joining us today. Come on. That's so cool. I love all of those people that you mentioned so much. And what a fun thing, like that podcast was one of the first podcasts I think I ever did. And I was like, just so honored. I feel like every time I'm invited on a podcast, I'm so honored because it's all like super surreal to me still. So yeah, thank you, bro, for reaching out and, and making this happen. Well, I love it. I love it. I know, you know, the Bible study has, has made an impact, like you just said, closer to 400,000. And, you know, I, I have a lot of conversations with young adults and I think just a lack of understanding of the Bible is a big thing that trips people up. But what was kind of what started you on that project and what led you to launch that? Yeah. So I graduated college in 2010, uh, from a Christian school, but I was really wrestling with my faith for, uh, around that time, 2010 to 2014, struggling with uh, just trying to figure out what I wanted to believe. I knew uh, some people that were Christian that were not living out the lifestyle of Jesus. And I knew some people that were not Christian that were living out much more of uh, the ideals of Christianity than the Christians were. And Mm -hmm. so I was like so conflicted just in my faith of who do I want to be associated with? What do I want to believe? Like what, like is all of this real? And so I kind of went on this journey where I was, I questioned everything. I would be like, okay, why do I believe this? Where does that come from? Where, like, why do I uh, believe the Bible? And should I? And I ended up going on this journey out to Australia for um, where we would study 12 hours a day, six days a week, super intensive. Like if it was Genesis week, we would, we would read Genesis five times through, and it's like a four hour read. (laughs) We would read the book five times through and essentially develop our own commentary. And so by the time I was done with this program, I had like 20 or 30 pages of notes on every book of the Bible. And I was like, man, more people need this. But I also realized that a lot of people can't just move out to Australia to study like that. And so I took out a lot of um, my beliefs 
from this commentary that I had written. I made it very um, even across the board doctrinally so that uh, you could you can come to your own conclusion on things. And I created what's called the Bible study. And it basically holds your hand as you read through the entire Bible over the course of a year. That's amazing. What are some of the stories that you and your, your team have heard just of people that are going through it, using that um, and coming yeah. out of it on the other side? Bro, it's like insane just hearing Anytime that we get an email or a DM or just a comment on a post about how it's changed their life is like the most humbling thing in the world, because this is not something that's to be taken lightly. Like this is helping somebody grow in their relationship with God and understand a book that a lot of people find really intimidating. And so just hearing how they've, it's helped them read the Bible for the first time ever. Like we, we got an email from this lady who was like 75 years old. She's like, I've wanted to read the Bible my whole life. And it wasn't until I picked up your book that I was able to actually read through and understand the text in a year. And like, you know, you're 75, I'm 35. Like who am I to like be teaching you? With, like you have so much more life experience than me, but man, just like stuff like that is amazing. And then we also do some like uh, young adult, uh, versions of it. So we have like a, a youth Bible study, which is really youth and young adults. And just hearing how, like, yeah, you grow up in the church your entire life, but it's doesn't like hit you unless it's actually you studying it yourself. And just hearing these kids that have studied the Bible and actually like are understanding it and diving into it and wanting to spend time learning scripture, like that blows me away. Like, that's so cool. That's amazing. I, I, you mentioned it earlier. You said it can be intimidating. And I think, yeah, you know, when a lot of people do open the Bible, you know, one, it's like, they just open it and they look at it and it's yeah. like, okay, where do I start? You know, it's not totally. the type of book that, I mean, you can start, you know, from Genesis yeah. and go all the way through, but eventually you hit a point where you're like, what's going on right now? So yeah. how, what, what's your advice to somebody that is kind of looking at it and saying, this is intimidating. I don't know even what to do to begin. I mean, I get it. Like I've been there. Uh, I think a lot of it is a mindset shift more than anything. Like you realize that the book is the inspired word of God. Like he used people to write this for you and me. That's kind of a major deal. So find a reading plan that suits you. Uh, spend time in prayer and worship for 15 minutes before you even open the Bible and ask that God would speak to you to make the text come alive. And like the Holy Spirit is inside of you to help you understand and to teach you. That's so cool. So reading plan that works for you, pray and worship beforehand, and then ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide you. And I think it'll really make the text come to life. That's so good. I, I, I mean, I'll throw another one in, get the Bible yeah. study. Yeah. Let it accompany That, that it works well. too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, when Shameless self-promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you look at the landscape of America and young adults right now, uh, and I would say our biblical illiteracy is, is one of the things that I see a lot of, and, and it's not like you're bad because you don't know the Bible, but I think it's yeah. partially that intimidation factor, just cultural shifts. Like, so when you look at culture and you see the idea of biblical illiteracy, you know, why is that such a problem? And what do you think some solutions are? 
Yeah. I think like you can go to church your entire upbringing and not know the Bible like I did. And I'm sure a lot of people listening did the same thing. Like, you know, the main stories, but it doesn't really mean that you necessarily know the text. I thought I knew the God of the Bible, but I didn't really know the Bible. And once I did begin to study it to great lengths, that's when my entire relationship with God changed. It's how you learn his heart. It's how you hear from him. It's what we should be basing our morals and ideals off of. So we need to study the Bible to think how God thinks instead of just being swayed by culture. So with biblical illiteracy is like, if we can make a shift there and you can understand the Bible from a younger age and it impacts who you become and the way that you impact those around you, it'll change. I think it'll change the world. What, what, what do you say to the person that's maybe like skeptical and they're looking at the Bible and obviously that's a big conversation that we can get into, you know, we don't have to talk about yeah. the in, inerrancy of scripture and all those things. Yeah. But to that person, that's maybe like, I get it. I've been there. I've read it. How is it yeah. relevant to me? Like, it seems outdated or it seems like it's not for today. Like what, what would you say to that person? By the Bible study, um, I would start with shameless that. plug too. Nice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You did the first one. I only yeah, did yeah. the second. Okay, you're okay. <laughs> Man, you know, I think just the biggest thing is like, yes, there are there may be a lot of debate today. You may see something on TikTok. You may see something on social media, but allow the text to speak for itself and and influence you instead of letting somebody else influence you. I think there's a lot of people that are um, deconstructing or challenging their faith right now. And most of the time, it's because of somebody else in the church that they were hurt by or they uh, listened to somebody else. Instead of allowing uh, the Bible to speak for itself and the relationship with God to actually be the judge. And that's that's, that's what I did. I, I was allowing other people's faith to impact my faith. And once I realized that, no, this is, this is a personal thing. This is between me and God. So I need to spend time in prayer. I need to be spending time in worship and, and listening to what he has to say and actually like taking time to sit in silence to hear from him. Like that's when everything changed for me. And that's when I really dove all in. So good. I, I feel like a lot of the conversations that I've had with whether it's people that are kind of going through a deconstruction process or yeah. are just really close to somebody that is a lot of it is the, those other people hurts. And I think, yeah. you know, the, 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 the scary thing is when we are having those questions, which I think are valid questions. I don't think they're wrong questions to ask, but we're yeah. doing it without the context of God's word being kind of like one of the source guides for us to, to navigate yeah. that. When, you know, I actually was listening to, um, Bob Goff's dream big podcast, which is yeah, like one on. of my favorite podcasts. Uh, also I saw that he wrote the forward for your book, which is pretty epic. He did. Yes. Um, he's such a good guy. I was listening to you on his podcast and you had kind of shared your story. And when you moved to Australia, uh, I think you shared like you're giving God two years, you know, so you've yeah. kind of had like almost a deconstruction phase maybe yeah, yeah. before it was called that. You know, so hundred percent. What obviously the word of God played a huge role in in that yeah. process, but how has that changed your life? Like just the daily um getting into God's word and, and understanding the Bible. Yeah, I would say that it gives me a big hope for the future 
Um, so a lot of people who don't study the Bible seem to be afraid of the future because of something that they may have read online or something that they heard their pastor say, but our story, if you prescribe to the Christian story, it's actually full of hope and full of love and grace. And we're actually supposed to enjoy the life that we've begun in. Uh, God actually wants us to partner with him in order to change the world for the better. So by knowing these things like I'm full of joy, I'm more optimistic, I'm more loving, the list goes on. Like there's so many things that have changed in my life because of my time spent studying the word and spending time in worship and time in prayer. Like it's not just a, a mental thing. It's it's much deeper than that. And my my whole personality has improved for the better. That's awesome. I feel like when we really, you know, think about it, there's so many voices, you know, that we can yeah. pay attention to in social media and everywhere else. But, yeah. you know, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, like the voice of God is the most important. And I think there's lots of ways we can hear God's voice, but a num yeah. the number one way is his word that he has given to us as a gift. And so, yeah. um, no, I, I love that. And I'm super excited about your new book, See the Good. Uh, I think you. the subtitle I got it right here. Finding grace, gratitude, and optimism in every day, which I love. And yes. you just were talking about that. The joy, you know, yeah. the optimism, the gratitude. How how did you come to that as kind of like, this is the next book I want to write? And, and tell us yeah. a little bit more about the book. Yeah. So I started having a lot of conversations with a bunch of Christians who seem to be really pessimistic of the future, or they were afraid, or they just lived pretty negative lives. They had like a pretty negative attitude towards life. And I don't believe that that's the way that we're supposed to be as Christians. Some stuff that happened in my past, which we can talk about later, like really shifted my mindset on it. And if you like even just put religion aside, just in reality, like if you look at the stats around the world, humanity is actually improving in countless ways. It's not falling apart like you would expect it was based on what you see in the media. So I really felt like I needed to, to share about this from a different perspective to help people open their eyes to how God is moving, to acknowledge how incredible it is that we are alive right now and ultimately to be more joyful in their day-to-day. -day. So this book, I feel like, is my life message completely. So good. I I love that. I, I feel like, you know, during COVID, which obviously was a very difficult time for so many people, um, yeah. I don't know if you saw uh, John Krasinski's uh, Some Good News. He, he started yeah, yeah, yeah. doing online. And I just thought that was so cool. I just thought that in that time where it felt like everything was negative and, and the yeah. bad was always kind of on the headlines, to see those stories was really encouraging. And I think that sparked something in me too, of like, yeah, let's keep our eyes open for that. What are, what are some like totally. adjustments that people can make to have that perspective in their everyday life? Yeah. Like understanding those stats are insane. Like I'll give you some extreme poverty, hunger, and child labor have all declined. Life expectancy is increasing. Smoking rates are down. Homicide rates in the U S are down violent crime is dropping, like the supply of nuclear weapons has been reduced. And then things like more people are going to school. In, uh, internet access is increasing. There's so many great things happen, happening around us that we don't even realize it. 
but we all have something called a negativity bias where it's ingrained in our DNA where we're actually programmed to focus on the negative. And that goes like all the way back to our ancestors in the wilderness, having to be fearful of like, okay, that bush just rustled. Is it a bunny or is it a lion? And like, they just were always like had to be on edge. But as society, we've grown, we don't have to be like that anymore. Like if 10 things happen to you in a day, nine of them are good and there's one bad, most of the time we're going to focus on that one bad one, but the other nine things still happen. So we need to not necessarily disregard the negative, but we need to shed more light on the positive. And I think one of the main things that we can do during the day is just be more grateful to God for those nine other things. So thank him for everything in your life. Like when was the last time you thanked God for your hearing? Like the fact that you're able to hear this podcast, like that's amazing. A lot of people aren't able to do that. Or when was the last time you thanked him for chocolate? Like I got a sweet tooth and man, praise God for like that one chocolate blizzard at Dairy Queen. Like the more grateful that we become, the more we'll begin to see the good all around us. And from that, I think the more joyful our lives will be. That's so good. I feel like that practice of gratitude is one that we take for granted, you know, and, and I yeah. think it was a couple of years ago, I just decided to take a journal and write out 100 things that I was thankful for. Come I on. feel like if I'd have only done 10, I would have gotten to like, you know, my wife and my, you know, yes. my family, my friends, my job. But as you yeah. get to like 60, 70, yeah. 80, you're just like looking around the room, you know, and I think that's totally it, it, in doing that practice, it almost like retrained me to look around yeah. the room. You know, yeah. I, my mother-in-law, she's an amazing woman. She, um, has always kind of, she has lots of saying she's a coach. And so she kind of okay. like, it's one of those people that gets up in your face and she'll give you like a pep talk. And yeah, yeah. when I was like dating her daughter, it was kind of intimidating, but now it's better. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and she would always say, if you see something good, say something good. And I think, mm. you know, whether that's about people or your day or your life, like, I think yeah. I've tried to apply that to my own everyday life. Like if I see something yeah. good, yeah, I'm going to say something. Good. I'm going to take notice of it. I'm going to mark that as well as so good. maybe the thing that I'm struggling with. So oh, I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, that's so awesome. And that's like, that's literally what it's all about. And I love that you did a hundred things. You know, what's really cool about that is that actually in ancient Judaism, they would, uh, and, and still to this day, a lot of Jewish people will thank God for a hundred things every single day. They'll actually thank him for 18 things before they even get out of bed. And so like, I don't think we necessarily need to say a hundred things every single day, but what if we just said three, like, what if we made a journal every day where we wrote down three things and not just being grateful, just to be grateful, but like, you're actually being grateful as a Christian to God for providing those things for you. So like today I'm, I'm so grateful for avocados, like, oh my goodness. Like, have you ever had like a really good avocado that you just like, thank you Lord for that. And like, Thank you for uh, my wife who, uh, as we're doing this, is outside blowing off the leaves. And now I don't have to do that, which is amazing. And like, thank you for inviting me on this podcast. Boom. Like, just like that, like thanking God for that, I think will shift you so much. I love that. And I think we just gave our listeners some good homework uh, yeah. just as a practice to, to practice gratitude, but also you know, let's, let's do it. Let's do the gratitude 100 and just write yeah. out 100 things at some point, you know, just to stretch so ourselves, to stretch past maybe those first three to five. But I love that just a daily, yeah. uh, everyday thing. Um, how can we posture ourselves 
for gratitude within the midst of difficulty. And I know in your story that you have part of that, Um, but when things are maybe seemingly going wrong and and oftentimes they can be in our life. I know people right now that are walking through medical stuff, walking through financial stuff, losing people that they care deeply about. And I know it's in those times that it feels the toughest. So how do we posture ourselves for that even in the midst of trial? Yeah, I think it starts now before you even get there. Like it's a, it's an ongoing thing. And so whether you're in it or whether it's something that happens in five years, just making a habit out of it. Um, I think there's so many times when really bad things are happening around us and it can be really hard to find something that we're grateful for. But the more that you do look, the more you take a step back, take a deep breath and actually see like, wow, thank you that. I'm here today and that God has blessed me with so many, so many things. Just having that just be ingrained inside of you is, is massive. I think there's always uh, something that you can find in your life that is uh, a blessing from God. So good. When you think of your story in your life in general, who or what inspires you the most? Yeah, I think I would say my mom. Um, so a little bit about my story is when I was four years old, my mom was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer and was sent home with a 5% chance to live. And then she was uh, miraculously healed from that. Then she had a tumor on her sciatic nerve and was healed from that. Then she had uh, colon cancer with three quarters of her colon removed and was healed from that. And then when I was 15, she had breast cancer double mastectomy, reconstruction, the whole deal, and was healed from that. And so literally from four to 15, I'm seeing my mom, one of the closest people to me, um, on the verge of being gone, like, just like that. But the thing was, she always said to me, Zach, you need to be grateful for every single day that you do have, because God is moving all around you. And like, I could not be here today, but I am, I'm, I'm still alive. So like, we got to thank him for that. And those little things, those little habits impacted me so much and made me who I am today. So when it comes to who inspires me, I'd say she's, she's top of the list. Wow. That's so special. I, I feel like we all have those people that inspire us and you know, no matter where we are in our journey, I think it's also important to think about those people sometimes. And yeah, we're not always you know, God uses a lot of different circumstances to bring us where we are. Sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it's negative. And I know that's part of your story. It's part of mine is things that have happened that are negative. God uses for his good. And I love that story, you know, from Genesis and with Joseph and his brothers, what Mm -hmm. the enemy intended or what they intended for harm, God used for good. And I think that's like the story of most of our lives (laughs) is things that are meant for harm. God uses for good. What are, what are some of the challenges that you faced in your young adult journey? I feel like the young adult years are ambiguous. Nobody knows when it starts. Nobody knows when it ends, Yeah. but we've all are in there and it's messy. So what are some of the challenges that you've walked through? Yeah, many. Um, I, I struggled a lot. I went to four different schools in five years. I've spent so much time just trying to figure out who God made me to be and what my purpose is in life. I struggled with my faith for years, as we talked about, uh, with business, I've had to rely on miracles, financial miracles, uh, many times, uh, dealing with really tough business situations. Um, I was single for a really long time. I thought I was going to be married much younger, but I didn't get married until I was 32. Um, 
a whole lot of things that I expected to go one way went a completely different way um, over the past decade or two. Wow. How did, in, in some of that, obviously it, you've talked about it a lot, but how have you kind of navigated with some of those challenges? What, what seemed to be yeah. maybe the thing that helped you the most through this season of your life? Yeah, I think some of the biggest things are like, honestly, as we said, like prayer and, and worship is so big when you feel like everything's falling apart. I think the last thing you want to do is pray and worship, but man, it's, it is the most important. I think, I think it's hard for us. And I think the enemy attacks that area of our lives and wants us to not be in prayer and worship when things are falling apart and wants us to question God's goodness. But if you can like, like I go to a, a worship and prayer night almost every Wednesday now, whether good things or bad things are happening in life, because it's just so important to make that a habit and, and get closer to God that way. Amazing. I know, um, first of all, you're a great follow on social media, uh, uh, whether it's you. the daily devotionals or just everything, but I know I've noticed you. that you, uh, read a lot. And so one yeah. of the things that I, I love reading, but I'm curious, what are a few of the books um, that you would recommend to somebody maybe in their twenties, thirties, kind of in this season of life. Totally. I think the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, I was stressed out for most of my twenties and I didn't know how to rest. And so that book helped a lot. Um, atomic habits by James clear is like so important to figure out how to develop good habits in your life that actually will compound into uh, greater returns in the future. Uh, Dream Big by Bob Goff. Bob is uh, such an incredible author and just such an incredible human. And he really inspires you to chase after what God has put in your heart. And then I'd say uh, Simply Jesus by N.T. Wright. I think N.T. Wright uh, is an excellent scholar that breaks down um, our faith really, really simply. And, um, simply Jesus is an awesome book of his. Awesome. Let's add them to our list. Yes. <laughs> um, no, that's so good. <laughs> what, what advice, you know, if you were facing, this is a question I love to ask. If you were facing, you know, 22 year old Zach, maybe in an elevator yeah. somewhere, yeah. what advice would you give to him? Yeah. 20, 22, man, I would say between 22 and 25, that's when, I expected things to be a certain way. So I had all these ideas in my mind and goals of where I wanted to be. And then I hit 25 and my life was completely falling apart. So if you're in that spot where you don't know what to do because you feel like you're behind, like, yo, you have so much time. I would put a ton of pressure on myself for no reason whatsoever. And all it did was make me more stressed out. Things in life take much longer than you expect them to. And your peace in the process is so important. So I'd say work hard, but also make sure that you're taking care of yourself and not just like physically, but spiritually, mentally, and physically. I think they all play a part in influencing each other and they play a part in your success. So slow down, know it's going to take longer and be okay with that and take care of yourself. Love it. Love it. Hey, yes. see the good is coming out super soon, or maybe by the time this episode rolls around, it's already out. Um, yes. But where can people find it? Um, and, and where can we find you and connect with you? 
Yeah, come hang out with me on TikTok at Zach Windall uh, on Instagram. And then the book's available at my website, zachwindall.com. It's available Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Books A Million, Baker Book House, Christian Books, everywhere the books are sold for the most part. So would love it if you picked up a copy and I really believe that it's gonna inspire you. Awesome, well, we'll make sure to link all that in the notes, but hey, this has been so awesome to get uh, to connect with you, to hear your story. Yes. Uh, you're really inspiring. And like I said, when when I'm just scrolling through my TikTok and something from you comes up, it's encouraging. It, it gives Thank me you. life. It gives me joy. So I just appreciate all that you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we're going to be excited to follow you along the way. Thank you, man, so much. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure you catch every episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. Subscribe, leave a review, do all those fun things. But hey, again, Zach, thanks so much for being on and everybody will see you next time.